There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need, no matter where you are in life. When you need coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help, on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to the Nerds Podcast number 269. <laughs> What was your 269 song a second ago? <laughs> Notice podcast number 269. Okay, that was just attitude That wasn't singing. I, was, I didn't have a song. It was just... No, you can't do that bit. Why? Is that copywritten? Well, it is. That's my friend Jordan Brady's bit. What, Bow Chicka Bow Wow? Yeah, that was a stand-up bit that he did in the 80s. You can't claim porn music. No, but he owns that bit, so whenever someone does that bounchika bow wow thing, they should fucking send Jordan Brady a check, because that was directly stolen from his act. All right, well, let me get my checkbook out. While Chloe's getting her checkbook, I will talk about how uh, today was preview day at New York Comic Con, and it was awesome. So many great vendors, so many great booths. Uh, if you listen to this before the 12th or 13th of October, then you should definitely try to check out New York Comic Con if you can. We're doing our podcast tonight at the Best Buy Theater. Guillermo del Toro is our guest, uh, along with Joel Hodgson. And uh, we, we were going to have Tig on the show, but then I realized that I, I think it would be better. I really want to sit down with Tig one-on-one. And, uh, and have a chat with her because she's come through some really seriously fucked up stuff and she's come out on top of it. And I kind of want to give, I just I just want to give that podcast the, the weight and the sensitivity that it deserves. So uh, we're going to have, uh, we're going to have Tig on in a one-on-one. And uh, I also would like to mention that this weekend, The Walking Dead comes back, which means The Talking Dead comes back. There's so much fucking sweet zombie action in the first episode. And that's all I'm going to say about it. But it is very satisfying in an amazing way. And so uh, the guest today is Lauren Cohan, who plays Maggie. And she's delightful. She was on our bowling show. We bowled against the Walking Dead cast, her and Scott, uh, Scott Wilson and, and, uh, and Steve Young and, and Robert Kirkman. And, and uh, I, I, really, I really dig Lauren Cohan a lot. She's super fun and funny, and, uh, but, a, but, but fucking great on the show. So uh, this, was, uh, this, was, this was a fun, delightful, conversational romp, if you will. Why am I doing that? Why are you covering your eyes? Not Why are you covering your Why are you covering your face like uh why are you making that Let oh. me browse Reddit. I want to browse Reddit. Were you making that face at me because I said conversational romp or was it something that you saw on Reddit? No, for <laughs> conversational romp. That is Wow, you've really nailed me. Yeah. You've really Yes, I have. <laughs> bow chicka bow bow. Oh fuck, oh, I got to write a check. <laughs> We're gonna be so poor. <laughs> Just like America. <laughs> oh God! What? That's why the economy went broke because so many people said bouncy kababa, and then America that caused the financial crisis. Who's your friend's name? Jordan Brady. Jordan Brady and- is the one percent. <laughs> 
he is now. He wasn't before. The financial crisis where all the banks had to write checks as royalties for doing Fauci and Wow Wow. And now the Nerdist Podcast number 269 with Lauren Cohen. Now entering Nerdist.com. I think we should, we should talk like this the entire time. This is so cool. This is like, like. Isn't this sort of like a radio studio? It's like a radio studio. So you, you play Maggie on The Walking Dead. I do. How's that like? It's so good. Hey, it's good. Uh, it's awesome to see you. Uh, last night the premiere was so much fun. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. It was scary. That maze was like. The maze was scared. Well, and the show, too. (laughs) (laughs) Your job is basically a horror maze. (laughs) It was so funny. We were walking through there, and I was like, I can't remember who was saying it. Maybe it was Stephen. He was like, this is our life. This is our life. (laughs) And there was just people. My favorite part was the the zombie. Just as you enter this maze where you're actually just peeling back the flesh, and, and he was shoving intestines into his just mouth. eating yeah just eating people intestines but there were some really great there were i think the bicycle girl was in there yeah and then i think the well the well the well walker was in there too like half the bloated zombie yeah and they all look like dummies and then they sort of come to life which yeah it was really surprising it makes me mad because every time you think like okay i know i see where the zombie's gonna come out like just out of the corner you're like god damn it <laughs> <laughs> and then they always they get you. You know the funniest bit was like, so I do this for a living, obviously. But my approach to the zombies that surprised me, you're not going to see this on the radio, but we might, you know, was that like the, it, was, it was the girliest little you know slap on the head. It was really, it was. Really so that's how Lauren deals with zombies. <laughs> Maggie stabs him in the face with a sharp pipe. And really gets the thrill out of doing but, it. But Lauren is more like, ha, and just tries to <laughs> smack. It's like, a, it's like a face high five, what you were it, just it doing. It was a face high five. It was like, a, it was like the jackknife of the, of the hand. Yeah. Hi-ya! <laughs> Zombies don't respond to hi-ya, by the way. They just, they're going to come at you anyway. But it was really, it was really cool. The, fun, the, the most fun, the, the fun thing about it is that afterwards, there was a camera crew there, and I came out, and they were like, what did you think of the maze? And I was like, oh, it was really awesome. There are all these zombies. And they were like, what did you think about the tank? Like, they were so focused on the tank. Like, you yeah, know, the tank was cool. Yeah. But there were zombies eating people. Like, that part was really awesome, too. Really awesome. I was wondering if they have the same guys in there, you know, for a few hours a night. Because they must they must actually get hit. I mean, they must actually get sort of like... They do. Yeah. Uh, my, uh, my, my friend of mine... Uh, designed a couple horror mazes for Universal, and years ago we would go. When he first started doing this in the um, like 2000, 2001, we'd get all dressed up and go into the mazes and jump out and scare people. And his brother got punched in the face, just like one big guy was like, "Ah, smack!" and they just ah. hit him. So it happens. Yeah, yeah, they have they have a very good sort of springy response. They kind of get just close enough, and then and then get back for one kind of nerdy complaint about the maze. Okay. Uh, a zombie came out of the wall wielding an axe. Now, <laughs> I noticed him. Zo- they're not 
I mean, um, you know, unless he died with an axe in his hand and rigor mortis set in to grip the axe, then maybe I'm on board. But he's still not lifting and, and trying to hit you with it. Then it's really just like an appendage. Yeah, that zombie was very menacing and very sort of like controlled. Mm-hmm. He wasn't he wasn't your typical zombie. I think he was a human dressed as a zombie to protect himself. What? Mm. And so he was he that's why he didn't actually try to hit us with the axe cuz he was like, "Don't worry guys, I'm one of you." Yeah. I'm an actor. I'm just fooling these zombies. <laughs> Do you know how hard it is to get work in the apocalypse? <laughs> I'll take any job. Any job I can. <laughs> My favorite guy was the one that was laying down, having his guts eaten, and I, it was it was the last tour of the night, and he was like, uh, you know, he's, supposed, he's supposed to be reaching for help, and it was the most uh, it was the most lackluster reach for help I think I've ever seen. He was tweeting in one hand, <laughs> yeah. ah, dying hashtag zombie. Um, how has the I don't know how you guys, by the way, do. I mean, you know, it, it's obviously. It's obviously not you're you're obviously not shipbuilding, so I think anyone with like a you know who's like, what are you talking about? I have to go down and I have to mine copper. Okay, fine. It is a it is a physically and emotionally demanding job that you guys have, like you know, probably like six days a week. Mm Mm-hmm. It's so true, and we have like. Whenever we're not having some kind of emotional intensity, there's a very, very hardcore physical intensity to the show. And it's so funny because the last few episodes I've had have been more of a character, sort of sort of some heart-wrenching character work. And, and I watched the premiere last night and I was like, oh my God, I just want to slash stuff. <laughs> <laughs> did you not watch the whole episode? I did, I did. I kind of I kind of peeked in actually for part of it and stuff. But Denai, were, Denai and I were on the side and, and sort of... You know, not quite ready to sit and watch it with everybody that we know. It can sometimes be a bit scary. Too. Well, especially for Denai, who this is her first season on the show. Yeah. Denai Gurira. Denai Gurira. Gurira. Mm-hmm. She taught me how to say it. She was like, double roll the R. Du Gurira. <laughs> I still don't yeah. think I said it right. but uh, When Denai gets excited about something, she gets very Zimbabwe. She gets very, um, her accent becomes very Zimbabwean when she's passionate. It's really, it's really great. She's great. She's really great on the show, too. And I think. People are, you know, I think people are going to be so sad. There's so much I want to talk about, but obviously I can't. Mm. Just to say that the first episode is, uh, well, you know what? Maybe this will go up by the time. No, this will go up by the time the first episode airs. Still, it's still too soon. No spoilers. Just fucking watch it, people. It's it's amazing. Did you, because uh, you guys spent a lot of time on the farm last season. Mm-hmm. And then some people are like, how come they won't get off that farm? I know. And then... And then, like, halfway through that second season, like, shit got crazy. And it just starts there in season three and just goes. Yeah. Season three, it tops the finale of season two, and it maintains it and ascends it. It's, it's really, really incredible. Every script we've had, for at least, I'd say the first seven or eight scripts, we were we were completely shocked with how was, this was going to actually be possible because it was it was just emotional intensity physical intensity some of the hours of stuff some some of the episodes i think are some of the most shocking stuff that's ever been you don't know anything about what's coming do you no i don't i don't let them tell me yeah they offer me the episodes and i'm and i say no i'm gonna watch along with the series yeah yeah it's it's probably more exciting that way and you get the sort of the universal suspense i'm nerd torn about it because a lot of people in my situation would be like, I'm going to fucking watch every one of them. But then I think I think other people, some of us, 
I, I'm starting to really appreciate this idea of not binge consuming things and really trying to take a journey with the show to sort of, you know, it's a, it's almost like emotional foreplay, yeah. <laughs> you know, of like not just like ah, I watch them all at once of just week to week. Like, oh, I get to look forward to next week. I get to think about it during the week. I get to talk about it with my friends and then be, you know, surprised in a week. Yeah, like saving your pocket money and buying something better than just candy every day. OK, so I went with the sexual <laughs> metaphor and you went with candy. Uh, that's Same fine. Thing. That's <laughs> why do I feel like that's always happening with me? And <laughs> you want to play a game? Sure. Okay. When you uh, when you think of animals and you think of yourself, what's the animal that's most like you? Um, a, a river otter. Okay. And what's um, what's your favorite animal that's domestic? Like a pet? Yeah. Like a pet? Um, prob- like a specific breed or just a just animal? No, any kind of domestic animal that you kind of like the most. Oh, dog. Okay. Why? I don't know, because they're like your buddy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like a dog, you just, I don't know, that you just, some people are cat people, Mm -hmm. but I just feel like with a dog, there's, you, I I have just found that it's, I connect better with a dog than with a cat, where I just feel like half the time, (laughs) I feel like half the time I'm trying to impress the cat into liking me, (laughs) and they just don't give a shit until they feel like giving a shit. So I guess I'm kind of like, well, fuck you, cats. Uh, You know, these dogs are much more into it yeah cats are kind of on their own schedule they won't they won't be bent no thing yeah um what's the next one? Oh, what's your favorite food what's my favorite food um shit i guess it's i guess it's gotta be pizza pizza yeah why um i don't know it's it's saucy and uh but not in a sexy way it's literally saucy i like i like red <laughs> sauce i like cheese i like bread you know i just i just like pizza i like I like how many different ways people can interpret pizza. You know, I like your Chicago pizza. I like your New York pizza. I like your thin pizza. I like your barbecue chicken pizza. It's just a pizza is a blank canvas that you can make, you know, into any kind of food thing. That is such a great answer. Um, And lastly, what's your favorite? uh, When you walk into a room, Mm -hmm. you open the door in an empty room. What's the first thing that you see? Or what would you imagine in an empty room? What's the first thing I see in an empty room? Yeah. Um, well, the first thing that popped into my head was a single chair sitting by a fireplace. Aww. And then an exit. <laughs> I always look for exits in case yeah. shit goes down. I'm, I'm not even kidding. I'm like, okay, that would be the way you get out. Okay. Or I also go into rooms and I figure out where you'd put the stage where you could have your stand-up show. Oh. Because when you, when you, when you, when you come up performing the way I did, which is... No, I didn't come up through traditional comedy clubs. It was like, you know, bars and restaurants or laundromats or like anywhere. I go I go into a room and I scan it really quickly and I'm like, hmm, here's a configuration you'd have to create to make this room work for a comedy show. That is so funny. That's when I go into a room, I always think about how would you make this room like, you know, for, for dinner? Or how would you actually like, yeah, do some kind of performance in the room and have it be like a lounge yeah. or something. Um, but this is a great game and this is, this is going to be a good surprise because it's basically how you see. So the otter is how you see how you see yourself. Okay. And no, no, sorry. The dog is how you see yourself. The okay. otter is how you think people see you, which is really sweet to me because I don't know if you ever saw that YouTube video of the otters that are at the zoo and they're like, like cuddling with each other. Oh yeah, it's yeah. just it's just a pile of, of adorableness. Yeah, a pile of adorableness. Um, and the uh, the food is how you see sex. <laughs> so uh, so. I just love to fuck a good pizza. <laughs> yeah. Just a good Chicago deep dish pizza. <laughs> I like to get into 
a delicious pie. Yeah. Um, what is and the, the room is how you see marriage, which is a cozy chair by a fireplace with, with really with a stage to entertain. So I think that's really kind of cool. really crazy. Yeah, isn't that madness? I don't know if, if people if I'm if I am perceived as a river otter though. I don't know if that's my perception. I mean, if that's other perception other people have of me. Oh God. No, but but, the, so but the, the dog is how you really see. I know, but it's it's good. Everybody's just so embarrassed. Like we did them at work, and they were like. Um, some people sort of say the funny. What was the one? I'll tell you mine. Yeah. Okay. So my first one was a dog, and it was pretty much the same. I said a dog will come with you anywhere if it's fun. Yeah. And uh, and my second one was um, a leopard because leopards are uh, they're they're kind of cute, but they're also really fast. Of course. I don't know what that is, and they can be fierce if they need to. Yep. Um, and my food was a pineapple because they're prickly on the outside, but once you take off the skin, they're really sweet, which I thought was very illuminating. <laughs> well, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> And then I don't remember my fourth one. The room? I think it was a table. What does that mean for marriage? I don't know. Maybe like a lot of people or something. <laughs> so you're married to a lot of people. You're in a plural marriage. <laughs> I have a lot of people involved as well as, you know, <laughs> kids or something like this. Let's but, see. Uh, dog, pizza. Interesting. That's really interesting. But it's what you said about the pizza. That pizza's like, you know, can be enjoyed in a lot of different ways. Oh. So was it was that an accidentally sexy answer? <laughs> yeah. I thought it was a really sexy answer. Wow, that's awesome. Mm. Do I see myself as a dog? I just love, you know, do- maybe maybe that's true cuz dogs, you know, I think that is true because dogs are always trying to please like they're always trying to make you happy yeah. and they're always like no, it was amazing. Right you just there. said you like dogs because they're they're your buddy and they're fun and they're not sneaky like cats, basically. And that's exactly what you are. You're I like, guess that's true. Yeah. Oh, I like this game. Does this game um, have a name? Um, the four question game. <laughs> 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 yeah. I like it. Yeah, it's good. Now you guys want to play? Later. All right. <laughs> I can't imagine what Kyle would. All right, just, just lean into the microphone quickly. Kyle Clark, ladies and gentlemen. The only one that upset me was when they said, imagine the room, and I saw like a big haunted room from The Shining. <laughs> was just like done over chairs with blankets on them and stuff, and I'm like, oh no. And twins coming out of an elevator and, and, a, and blood and blood pouring in. Or you're just going to have a nice wedge shot kind of a relationship. It's dark and scary. Yes. God. It may be really intriguing. Who, where did you get this game? My friend did it to me. My friend in Ireland actually just called me with it. She said it's, I don't know. I don't know where she got it from, but I'm sure it's going to become a, become a thing. Now, you, uh, you can't tell people what, what the, you can't really do it with one person in front of somebody else if you want to. Because then they to think they're too much in their head about it. It has to sort of just be a very subconscious yeah. expression. But I think dog is the nicest thing. I mean, dogs are just loyal and fun. Oh, my God. What if I had said, like, Monitor lizard. I like just like some sort of like. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, scaling. I only asked you this because I knew you'd have good answers. I wouldn't. Have, oh, you did. I, I oh, okay. Have, gotten, I wouldn't have you gotten bad answers from anyone? Um, somebody said something really, really funny. I'm not going to say who it was, but they said on the third one. Um, so they said dog and then lion and then. And then they said cake because. It represents family gatherings. And that was the sex one. And so that one kind of freaked me out slightly. I didn't look at them quite the same. <laughs> or you share it with your family. You share it with your whole family. It was something everybody kind of went. What? I mean, nobody else knew the game. You know when you have a nice, delicious cake right before you fuck your sister? <laughs> Wait. 
Well, that this is all just subconscious thoughts bubbling up. A sister up. cake. A sister, a sister cake. cake. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm trying to piece Which together is who it very is. Very different than a cousin Twinkie. The to- oh, come on. Oh. All right, that was good. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Who was was it? Someone was it? Someone in the cast? No, it wasn't. Oh, okay. The cast, although if I could remember now, Emily's was a monkey. Her animal that she um her her animal in the wild was a little monkey because they just they you know she's just the cutest thing you've ever seen in your life. Sure. So she was like. You know, they swing from trees. But it, what was nice about it is that her and her boyfriend actually had the same animal in the wild. They both thought they were little monkeys. Oh, I, I see. I feel like <laughs> uh, Drew Carey just tweeted a picture that I feel like accurately represents how I see myself. And it was a picture of his dog looking up at the camera with the most shamed look on its face <sighs> with... His lipstick just fully out. <laughs> the dog was just so like, it was just like, oh, please don't look at me. Like it was such a, I know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's biology. I can't hide it. I wish I could. <laughs> now I want to pull up this picture. It was so fantastic. Of uh, The first uh, time I saw my dad, so my dad has a couple of Labradors. And when I was a kid, I went over there and I remember, I remember going outside and the one lab was outside. And I was like, dad. Dad, he's having a baby. <laughs> and he was like, who is? I'm like, Bubba, he's having a baby. <laughs> well, that's great for the dog if you thought it was a baby. <laughs> he's Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get the network to pull out the picture. As soon as this loads up, I'm going to show you this picture, and it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to alter your life. Um, how long are you in Los Angeles for? Do you have to go back to Atlanta? Yeah, I'm going back tomorrow, so just a few days. Have you had a nice couple days off? It's been really good, actually. My my dad and my stepmom came over from Arizona, like kind of last minute to enjoy the premiere and everything with me, and uh, and that was good. It's been packed, but it's just been it's been exhilarating too. I got to just sort of, you know, see some friends, do some Korean barbecue and karaoke, and then um, and then go and you know talk talk about the show. I know it's been it's people. been nonstop, like <laughs> yeah. the junket stuff, because we we kind of snuck some stuff in too, like with the junket. Um, hang on. Mm. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. That actually doesn't almost doesn't look real. This dog looks so so sorry. <laughs> oh so my god, if anyone lis- if anyone listening wants to see it, if you go to uh, Drew Drew's Twitter handle is Drew from TV, and you just go and it just says picture of my dog NSFW. That is just the most ashamed look you could see on a dog's face because it is way out. You know what's actually really disturbing, too, is I'm holding this picture looking at this dog and your phone starts vibrating. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. Um, Here, if you wanted to see that, uh, Erica. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I know. What's his name? We don't know. I don't know what his dog... uh, I guess his dog's name is Red Rocket (laughs) because... That is way out. Way, way, way out. Oh, my God. Uh, please, somebody help me. Yeah. But anyway, um, so I was about to ask you about your parents, and it just feels not oh, right. Oh, yes. To, <laughs> God damn it. Um, I almost met your parents last night, and then oh, yeah. there was just such a melee of, like, of people coming out at the after party that um, it just you could never talk to someone for more than a minute. Yeah, we kind of had this cacophony inside the room and, and a lot of uh, a lot of zombies. And then uh, there's a bit of a bottleneck right there by the by the exit, wasn't it? But it kind of. I always feel bad. I always feel a little bad for the uh, like the people who because it was at Universal and and so people were dressed up as zombies and they were you know just in the party kind of coming up and being like ah. 
And then you feel this responsibility to be like, oh, you got me, you know, because it's yeah. like, you want to, like, okay, you're doing your job. But then sometimes you're just tired and you're like, hey. And then I and then I feel like a dick in those times. You're like, oh, I'm not, I should be playing into this more and I'm not. You should, uh, you should just turn around and scare him back. <laughs> you're engaging. Just pull out a gun and be like, I will fucking really kill you. And then just see see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Watch them crap themselves. That would be the most inopportune time for a zombie apocalypse to break out is during a zombie-themed party. Because how do you know? Yeah, yeah. You just kind of have a code where you're like, are you jobbing or are you... <laughs> <laughs> Hello? Hello? Yeah, you, okay. you, you get this? Or I wasn't right. Yeah. So really quickly, um, does Maggie die this season? Okay, yeah. don't answer that. <laughs> How much? Th- that's what I would say if she did. Do you, so. Yeah, that's true. Do you get scripts? Do they give you scripts in advance? Do you see? Yeah, we get scripts. The, the, the top of the season, we got them a lot more in advance. Now Now I know we're sort of, you know, our whole team is is, is polishing stuff and then and then um, breaking scripts. So it's it's been... Um, it's been good. We're still we're on ten to hooks for the last two episodes. That's where we have absolutely no idea what's coming. We sure. don't know if it's going to be something like the the premiere where we it was guts and glory, or we don't know if it's going to be a you know kind of a sinister philosophical and who knows who knows what kind of end we have. But but yeah, we get the scripts in advance and we get the call. We get you know the phone call. It's really funny because Glenn Mazzara, we have. Um, you know, he has an open door policy, so we get a lot of phone calls back and forth about script and everything. But every time he calls one of us, the first thing he says is, everything's okay. <laughs> That's a good, responsible EP. It's so nice. Yeah, it's good. And the first couple times he did it, I was like, I already knew everything was going to be fine because it was episode one. Right. <laughs> and so he says, it, I'm like, oh. And then you start actually worrying because he makes you, you know. Right. But, um, but everything's no, going to be fine. I mean, with the show, you're going to die, but everything's <laughs> going to be fine. The show will be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. My new puppy's doing great at home. Don't you worry about us. <laughs> We're going to be great. Yeah, I just got a chicken salad. You know, it's great. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's really good. And it's, it's, it's a really good year for Maggie. It's like, it's cool. I got to sort of, you know, be, uh, be you know, introduced to this group last year. And now we have like insanity, you know, just, you know, this. Sad, scary, exciting. You can't really put these things into words. You just have to watch it. <laughs> you true, and and there are times though, like if there's a bunch of zombie killing, and then I see you and Glenn kind of nuzzle up together, like it, you know, in real, I'm like, don't get blood in our eyes. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's gonna spread. <laughs> like I get all excited about it. Yeah, I know it was funny because you get these little things. I loved when you saw Michonne sort of take these zombies out. They're coming so close, and it's like the potential of a scratch and all this thing and um but i loved that moment when in in this episode in this first episode where he's checking for scratches and that's what you it's so sweet yeah do you think here's an interesting question do you think in a zombie apocalypse you would be more would you have more sex or you'd just be too emotionally exhausted. Like, in other words, would you be seeking relief by having sex or would you be like, I cannot have sex. I, we're going to fucking die. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I, it's, it's funny. I've been through, I've been through both, both halves of that question, but that didn't make any sense. You know, what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> the question and the answer part. Um, <laughs> so which half? <laughs> the half will give me now is half B. Okay. 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 <laughs> um, but, I think what's really funny, when I was talking to Nicole, who's one of our writers, Nicole Beattie, about this, and she's like, you know what? I'm always campaigning to get more sex in the show. It's the apocalypse. Come on. Right. And um, and I just, I kind of feel like there's so much that we can't control as characters in this show. First of all, there's a lot of waiting around, and there's a lot of sort of, you know, times when you can't really do anything. But secondly, 
I think I think sex sometimes is something that you can actually control when you're in this otherwise really sort of not very predictable yeah. environment. It's just like a pizza. It's just like <laughs> <laughs> you can control pizza. a pizza. You can control a pizza. Yeah. yeah. And um and I just think I don't know, you've got your adrenaline pumping and and so I think everybody's probably, you know, hot under the collar maybe a little bit that's how maggie feels no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah seriously because maggie totally maggie pounced on glenn like pretty pretty hardcore like fuck it let's just come on yeah what are we doing here it's funny in reflection because maggie is actually a really pretty good girl and and that and that introduction uh to their love life to me was cool because it was like it was it was her way of sort of proving to him that she wasn't afraid. I think right. when I reflect on it, you know, it's like, no, I can, uh, you know, people talk about like cigarettes. Like, no, you know, I can smoke five in a row. I smoke five <laughs> one time. <laughs> and kind of one but of I also things. think there's something about the idea that, you know, uh, up until this apocalypse, the character of Maggie is probably like, you know, she's, you know, it's not a prude, mm. but, you know, like, you know, nice farmer's daughter, probably yeah. going to meet a guy, get married, like, have this light, and then all of a sudden the world goes to shit and it's like, oh, well, I guess those rules don't really apply anymore. So maybe this is just her way of like kind of hitting, like you said, just sort of like bursting into this new world. Yeah, definitely. And I think she's also like, you know, they've been on this farm in isolation for a while. And it's not it's, it's not necessarily in a sexual tone, but they've, you know, she's been looking to connect with someone. And I think that's why when the group comes, it's actually, you know, not her relationship with Glenn alone. This whole situation when the group comes is her chance to sort of ironically enter into you know life and yeah. and so um and glenn i just think they have that kind of immediate connection and, yeah and so she's he has this you know you can tell glenn this i think if maggie were really unafraid there she'd have a threesome i'm just saying if there were if That's she what was he says. <laughs> <laughs> i mean really guys it's just a way to prove that these characters aren't afraid that's the yeah, worst one. Yeah, and all of from Brooklyn. <laughs> I know. Was, I can't imitate. Yeah. That. No, no, but it was great. <laughs> uh, but I love the, um, the 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 prison set looks so good on film, and it, mm-hmm. it it just, I mean, it looks amazing in person when I get to see it in person. But it just it just looks so it just looks great. They it's did such eerie, a good job. Isn't it? It's eerie and and kind of very. Uh, it's very kind of claustrophobic. But for us, it feels very safe. And when I saw it on film, it read as sort of. It's very kind of claustrophobic um, security, I guess, but it's uh, it's amazing. Grace Walker, Walker, ironically enough, is his last name. He right. designed our set, and it's just like that was our studio turned into a prison. You know, they sort of they emmed and awed about what we were going to do and we were going to set season three, and then sort of I guess looked around them and thought, hmm, let's turn this into a prison. So this is our stages in our studio that are now, you know, in three months transformed. But it's uh. It's nice. It's nice to be inside. Some of our uh, some some of last year was made easier by the heat because it really grounds you and it drains you and makes you feel like it's the end of the world and you're going to die. Um, <laughs> yeah, Atlanta's Atlanta's <laughs> fucking brutal in the summer. It really is. And it's you're running around like swinging pipes at people. You're like, I just have to sit down. Like you don't just going outside is a trem- is a Herculean effort. It is. It really is. And you're just kind of you're out there. Mm, trying to remember your lines and you know be good <laughs> whatever that is um but the prison is the prison is great because we're <clears throat> we're still out on location a lot we do still a lot of like road trips and side trips and errands and kind of stuff like this but we um 
we really, I think, earned this like occasional, occasional indoor stuff. So it's like it's cool. But the prison is awesome. I don't even know what to say. It all, it all reads visually. It's not not a lot I can say about it. Well, let's talk. You've been talking about Walking Dead a lot the last couple of days. Let's let's talk about you. Oh, okay. Let's just talk about you for a sec. You have a very interesting background, which is that you're. I, I always forget you're you're Australian, but. But English, you were born in Australia, but grew up in England? America. Born in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, and then grew up in England, and then was back here for a while and stuff. But my family is everywhere. My family's in Greece and Spain. and um, So there's no Australian component. No, there's no, but it's really I was funny way to off. say. No, it's good. It's good. Everybody kind of assumes that I am Australian um, because my accent will kind of... I guess when you combine Cherry Hill and London, you get Australia. <laughs> That's a note to all dialect coaches everywhere. That's good. Um, or but South I, Africa sometimes. But I think it's also that... Uh, um, you you have such a you have such an outgoing energy that kind of feels like fun and Australian in a in a way. And I think maybe that's kind of what it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just sort of a sunny. I get that. I love Aussies. You just kind of you feel like you've known them when you first meet them. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, England is uh, you know England great people little button up sometimes a little button up sometimes but what i love about england is it's button up but it's really not you just have to it's like it's it's once you get to know people that you just sort of uh you realize the english are very frank they're very frank and they're very um they're very dry so it's just kind of a, a sense of humor you have to sort of sort of uh get to know and then once you once you do it's very it's just just under the surface. So what is your citizenship? You're an American citizen, do you have but do you have English citizenship yeah, as well? Yeah, I have both. I have both, which is really lucky and so I've been able to kind of not have to decide where to live really and just to be over here. I love it. the great thing about England is and and, and LA and I, I guess I just have sort of a gypsiness in my blood because I was born here, moved there and it's it's been in our family, but um but I I don't like to stay in any one place for too long. So I do. I like the exit door as well. <laughs> um, oh, shit. You know. Did I say the exit door for the marriage thing? No. Oh, shit. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did say exit door for marriage. No, but the last thing you said was the stage, which I think meant that you, were, you, you wanted to keep the marriage going. You're being very kind. I clearly said I was looking for a way out. <laughs> I said, you know, I wanted to be nice and cozy, but I got to fucking get out of here at a moment's notice. <laughs> oh, my God. But it was bookended oh. by really positive, cozy things. All right. Well, this is nice. I mean, I think I think I'm I think a much colder person who was administering this test would have been like, you have some you have some pride. which is funny because I am kind of a, I'm really sort of a, a monogamist. I just I just tend to, you know, like, I don't know. I, I'm not really a big like. I'm going to go out and date a bunch of people. It's not really that way. Aren't we all just comfortable to know that there is a way out? I I really feel like when you're in a relationship and you feel a freedom and nobody's too possessive of each other, that's when you really commit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like relationships I've been in where I feel locked down or kind of possessed in any way, it's it's, it's very unattractive to me. And I think that that when you're secure enough in yourself and the other person is secure enough, you can, you know, you can live your own lives and still just want to be with that one person i like to keep my pizza in a cage in the basement with no windows <laughs> and with and then the water occasionally i'll just let him uh do you have you ever been have you ever been in a it's so it's in so funny you do the pizza 
But there is a stand-up stage in that room with the cage. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to make it listen to my jokes <laughs> before I before I have sex with it. Hey, I know you're trapped, but if I could just run this new file, I got a couple of things. Just, just, just want to workshop this. No, no, don't pass out. I'll just, you after. I can't bounce jokes off of you if you're crying. <laughs> <laughs> I'll feed you after with yourself. <laughs> I'll feed you after with yourself. <laughs> Have you guys done that great alt show in Chris's basement? <laughs> it's so good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the pizza pit? Oh, you mean cage laughs? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's really good. Oh, we both went for you know, similar jokes. <laughs> yeah, that's what your friends. That's that's what we do. Well, this, this is what all comics do. It's just uh, have you ever do you, have you ever dated a comic or hung out with comedians before? Um, yeah, I've hung out with a lot of comedians. I've hung out with a lot of um, a lot of my friends are Irish, so they're all like funny as fuck. Can I say fuck? Yes, you can say whatever you want. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think I have a lot of a lot of pretty pretty silly people in my life. I don't know. My my parents are always kind of. They were so surprised, I think, when I went into acting, but then so delighted because I could never give anybody a straight answer on anything. So I think they kind of, you know, it's just kind of a goof. And I don't know. I've never seriously dated a comic. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is, it is serious business dating a comic. Everyone thinks, oh, comics are all fun. But, you know, but we're sort of we're dark and brooding and we analyze everything. And, yeah. you know. Yes, they think outside the box and they do all this analysis to, to, to actually, you know, make a commentary on life. That's that's comedy. I think we suck to date. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, I think I think we're I think we're awful to date. <laughs> Horribly sensitive, narcissistic. <laughs> it's a rough I don't wish it upon anyone. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I kind of like horribly sensitive narcissists. <laughs> Do you really? Oh, that's sweet. Have you ever, so you've obviously been in relationships where like the guy was super possessive, but have, it's just so funny sometimes to be in a relationship where you're used to being one thing and then like something flips. Has, has, have you had, you must have had someone who just got so under your skin and then you're like, what am I doing? Does that... Yeah, you know, I think it's really funny, and 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 you know, you, when you meet a lot of different people, and you're an actor, and you kind of go into different different environments all the time, I kind of have a, um, I kind, I think, I think I'm very sort of, um, what's the way of putting this? I I just like to be myself around someone very quickly, and so I sort of expect that that's what they're showing too, and so sometimes you you get a sense of like you really think you've gotten to know somebody just you know intellectually and everything, and then um, and then you sort of. And you move around a lot, and so you just kind of want to, you want to know someone. And this is not, this is no secret. I'm sure this is why a lot of actors have trouble sort of maintaining relationships and and finding it because you, you want to, you want to be close. You want to know someone really well and have sort of a, a close bond. But you, then you know, a month later you're moving and stuff like this. So, so it's difficult and it's 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 interesting. And that's why I say finding somebody who sort of lets you be yourself. And I think that that's something that really sustains a, a good lasting relationship and, and them being comfortable enough with all the sort of travel and all the um, all the all the stuff that you have to do to maintain this this public life but know that that's not that's not all you well I think it and I, I think there are deeper things even than that because I mean just on a human level mm-hmm. you know if if you're a performer if you're a comedian if you're traveling a lot you know, human beings are, you know, I think you know, one of the reasons why we've ascended to the top of the food chain is we're very adaptable creatures. Mm. But what that means is that when you're constantly in different environments, you're constantly changing and adapting to those environments because you're not, you don't have like one stable place that you're always in. So I think that causes you to be a little all over the map with who you are and constantly changing. And then on top of that, if you're an actor, you really are submerging yourself into all of these random emotions that most people don't 
ha- don't experience. And that fucking like, it's like you're just like a paddle game. Yes, it's so true. And you're so, I mean, you're so used to being that in touch with your emotions. It's very difficult to hide how you feel sometimes, too. Sure. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, especially doing this show at the moment, it's, it's very much like that. And you're kind of like, you know, you just, you feel kind of raw. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So, so it's good. But I think it's, it's interesting. It's like you say about the comics. I think it takes a really, a really uh, strong person to be with an actor and an entertainer and, and uh, and you know it's a lucky it's a lucky person and it's a and it's it's a strong person. So because of that, do you think it's better to date another actor who has who understands, but also probably has a lot of the same weaknesses, or do you feel like it's better to date someone who's a little more opposite, but maybe doesn't understand? The process. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it's. I almost said the uh, the two part question again, which is the A and the B, which is the question. Okay. <laughs> no, but it's uh, it's it's something I've definitely I've definitely been trying to figure out. So I'd have to I'd have to say somebody who gets your sense of humor kind right. of overcomes all of that because um, at the end of the day, I just want to come home and just be with someone who gets me and just like you know. And have a hug because if they get you, then they get everything that you've been through, and it doesn't sure. matter what they do, and and it doesn't matter if they, you know, they're a music teacher or they're a comedian or they're a you know an actor themselves, and just somebody, I don't know, somebody with a really good heart and a really good sense of humor. I think yeah. it's like the only rule, the only rule. <laughs> yeah, and also that yeah. they're not a murderer. And yeah, no, well, well, I guess if, that's if, the good heart thing. Well, yeah, well. you can work with it, work around it. <laughs> I guess you know. <laughs> If they're hilarious and only kind of a murderer. A hilarious murderer. Yeah. Like a cross between Louis and Dexter. Exactly. Yeah. Which we should start working on. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if Louis would be fun to be in a relationship with. He's old. He seems dark. Yeah, yeah. Remember that trick? I think Louis killed somebody. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. And then you're just like, oh, you lovable scamp. I'll help you bury the body. Uh, do, you, do you feel like you have a, a, a good sense of who you are at this point in your life or do you still you feel like you're still kind of working it out Mm, yeah good question i feel like um you know i kind of feel pretty good about where i am right now what the more i do work that really means something to me the more i realize that your life and who you are is just what you do and it's like it's it's just how i approach situations and um and how I build relationships and, and doing this show and the opportunities that are coming to my life right now bring a lot of people that I'm interested in engaging with and a lot of people that I that are like-minded and, and that has just settled me so much. So much of the beginning of your career is, is sometimes making compromises on the work you're doing or the places you're living or the people that you're separated from, be they your friends or family or something. And now I just feel so kind of um, so honest about that and it's sort of, it's been kind of like a... a radiation into the rest of my life which has been good so we're, we're we're never fully sure i suppose and i love to i love that but there are definitely are times in your life where you kind of just go fuck i don't know i don't know what i want or i don't mm. know what i feel or i don't yeah. i don't know i know so, what i want i never know <laughs> what do you think that what do you what do you have some guesses yeah i mean i definitely I definitely just like working with kids and painting the inside of houses. 
Like these are two things I know. Like painting walls or like doing like art art paintings? Art as well, but I just I love demolition and I love getting messy and I love, you know, wearing the same clothes for three days. Like these are things I'm sure of. So if I start <laughs> with that, then I can kind of um but yeah, I mean if 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 I can if I can do good work and I can play the piano and I can, you know, hang out with people that are fun and funny, then I think I'm kind of that's my touchstone, and and I know it's pretty. It's just kind of. So it sounds like what what we should try to help you do is take over a building, and you can be involved in the process of turning it into an orphanage, where <laughs> 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 you can paint the walls. But then one of the floor has a bar on it, so yeah. with an old timey piano. Yeah, like a plinkety plunk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then you, oh, you know, that'd be a really great idea. Is you get people to come into your bar. Mm-hmm. Get them a little buzzed, and then the next room, they adopt kids. Because <laughs> they're a little buzzed. Oh, that's so cute. We can take care of a kid. Fucking come on. Kids are for life, not just for Christmas. This is why we don't go to the orphan bar anymore. <laughs> it says right in the... <laughs> Also, can I run a comedy show at your orphan bar? You know, it's like when you go to a strip club, because I do that all the time. Um, <laughs> Atlanta has notoriously oh famous strip clubs. The, the Claremont? The Claremont. With the eight, there's like an 80-year-old stripper what? there. The Claremont, yeah, in Atlanta. Yeah, Precious. I can't remember her name, actually, but she's uh, she's amazing. And you know they all love Scott Wilson. Of course. They love Scott Wilson. So we go in there and we go cuz it's actually just a it's 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 a place that you know is open until late that everybody can kind of feel relaxed in. Yeah. Um so we go there and they all kind of What and of course, other options didn't come work <laughs> that you got to that? How many Denny's were how bad? Well, a Denny's is fine, but it doesn't Lacks have bar, a pole but... with an old lady on a rascal spinning around it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> okay, no, you're right. No, you're right. You're right. I'm so sorry. What was I thinking? <laughs> of course it has those things. How do you take your eggs? <laughs> Elderly. <laughs> Boiled. <laughs> yeah, so, no, we, we, we obviously didn't try very hard to find a social establishment. Is it directly in front of the exit to where you shoot? Yeah, it's like, and that's a wrap. <laughs> Let's just cross that street. The, the prison was built off of the Claremont. <laughs> so that yeah. some of the zombies are not even made up. They're There's just people who high, are dancing at the Claremont. Weirdly high number of yeah. stripper zombies this season. It seems like a weird misnomer. <laughs> all makes sense now. They're all in sequin bikinis. <laughs> that, now I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I get it. It's just like they just, <laughs> just see the... <laughs> Bicycle girl in a bikini top, like a, <laughs> like crawling on a stage. A legless stripper. Yeah, just a leg. Yeah, just a, the Claremont's a really interesting place. So, yeah. oh my god, so we do. We totally have to make like a zombie stripper club. I think there's enough people. It's rule thirty four. First of all, I guarantee you there are already websites about that. I have seen like zombie swimsuit calendars. Um, as <laughs> your, your your mouth is quite agape. <laughs> I didn't say I purchased them. I just have been online. <laughs> that, I've been on the internet, and I've that seen. That was an excited agape too. Like, where do I get this? <laughs> that was that was a horrified. <laughs> Were they like, in your Amazon 
one we recommend. <laughs> Why does it keep telling me to buy this? Well, I guess Amazon knows me better than I do. <laughs> right again, Amazon. <laughs> right again. Ding. Listen, those suggest the algorithms on those suggestion engines really dig into your being. Like they they you don't pay attention to what you're looking at and buying all the time and then it's not until someone puts it on a little plate and says just by the way, here's what you like. Yeah. Oh, I guess I... And then also adds, maybe a Kindle, too. <laughs> of course, you're not a Kindle. Buy strippers, zombies on Kindle. <laughs> what do you... Uh, so you do you play piano? Do you, are you, are you, are you I a do. pianist? I do. I play piano. I've played actually since I was very small, so it's been... Uh, it's been great being back in Atlanta because I've had a, a, a stable place for a while to to rent a piano and brush up. And, uh, and I sing, and it's been really nice to sort of... Return to that. So, what kind of music? Yeah. Everything: jazz standards, blues, soul. Um, I mean, Nina Simone is one of my favorite, and Ella. Nice. You know, I obviously wish I was black. Um, Don't but, we all? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Me um, too. But <laughs> for a lot of reasons, pizza <laughs> oh, reasons. Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you big pizza! You're just a big pizza. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so everything. Emily and I actually did a song for the soundtrack. What? I know. I, I didn't know. Put, it's great. We the, did a, uh, we had this little song around the campfire. And oh, then, that song. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah. And they, they, the, the, the music supervisor asked us to come in and do kind of the full version and stuff in the studio. So it was really fun. We went to this, to Sugarland studio in Atlanta. I mean, it's the first time I've been in a, in a recording studio like this. I was nervous as hell. Like it was so funny. And you're just sort of like you have your headphones and you're in front of all these people and you that have to talking through the window. Yeah. You see it and everything and then you're there and you're just like, oh man, this is real. Do you know yeah. what would be really fun? We should make a video of like <laughs> of <laughs> like imagine imagine you're watching a like a, a commercial for an album just on cable television at night. It, it's the, it's basically Maggie's greatest hits. And it's just like all of these ridiculous songs that she's written about the apocalypse. Just like a song about Glenn. And it's, uh, you know, like like an Eats Me's West kind of a song. Uh, like song about farms. I don't know. Just whatever whatever would the be. The world is over and my yeah, boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And it's, it's all really like. Good down in country. Yeah, exactly. And it's 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 a little upbeat, but it's just about all this horrible, you know, like. And then you have these great like celebratory riffs in the song, and like I know these zombies are in the back, like you know, clicking their fingers and this kind of. Just a, just a, a a song about Sophia in the vein of landslide. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be really fun. Like, I think I think we have to do. I, I think, think the we should tagline do. is the last album ever made might also be the best. <laughs> This is the only thing you can listen to, but it's number one. <laughs> number one for 71 straight weeks. Number one in album sales by someone finding one. <laughs> that's right. That's that's a really good idea. I think that's a really good idea. There's a, I, I, I would, oh, man, that'd be so much fun. Listen, if you're back, when you come back sometime... We'll have to shoot that. Yeah, well, we'll make a video. It's it's a great idea. Because then you just get to write a bunch of silly songs about pri- you know prisons and zombie apocalypse, but just all from the point of view of this like kind of tough as nails but sunny country girl. You know what we could do? We could have a. Uh, I could be playing a guitar and then I could pull the machete out from like there could be a sheath on the guitar and then the zombies are kind of there and it's like. The slash and that's I an awesome know. idea. Or you like you you whack off the head, whack off. Oh god, <laughs> okay, Jesus Christ! <laughs> I'm so sorry. You lop off the 
Skull. You lop off the head. <laughs> the delicious throbbing head of the zombie <laughs> who's at the piano. <laughs> the pulp. No, I think not, the, the, the very end of the video too needs to be that it's produced by Zombie Jack White. <laughs> or Rob Zombie. That works too. Yeah. Who's just alive. Who's a, no, it's just my name. I'm not a goddamn zombie. <laughs> God damn it. Have you played? Have you played like in public, professionally? Have you performed? You no, performed? I've done. When I was younger, I did sort of like musicals and and all this stuff all through school, and then I did some some stuff for like um, hip hop and um, garage garage um, music. You know, you have sort of loops, and it's interesting. Singing is the thing that gives me the most pleasure, and it gives me the most um, nerves. So it's something that I've kind of kind of always enjoyed doing but uh but not live but not live performing i mean it just it scared me but now i think i'm i'm ready to not be i'm ready to not be scared anymore <laughs> oh that's so adorable <laughs> a bunch of guys just went oh <laughs> i'll help you lauren cohen because i'm a faithful dog yeah. <laughs> just wants to be your buddy <laughs> it'll be like uh um sister act it just just like sister act just like do you want to do like broadway again do you, do you ever like yeah broadway i mean <clears throat> i love show tunes like i love i mean you know you know you, you meet my singing teacher she had she would have no idea that i'm like shy about singing in front of people because it's just uh but yeah everything do you sing properly do you sing, sing? Pro- it's real real singing i mean do you sing properly like from the like because i blow out my voice really easily yeah, it's easy to do. You can kind of push there on the front of your throat, or you can kind of. I think. I think once you find find that it actually drops in, drops in like to to this part of you. It's it's a lot of support from here, and then one day you just stop thinking about the technique, and it's just sort of the way that the way that I like to think about it is that it's like yoga. You know what I mean? It's like you're not taking your energy from your diaphragm. You're not taking it from you know from your knees or the ground. You're taking it from all the way from the bottom of the earth. And the more you can kind of relax and let it through you, then then you're really doing justice to it because like acting like everything you're just a you're just a conduit whoa <laughs> oh my god really deep. after all the pizza dick jokes it just got like <laughs> we just like learned a lesson that's really nice yeah i hope you try to i hope you start performing i really think you know especially around atlanta there must be a million places you could just go up and do because there's a whole different learning curve because uh, I have played instruments in front of people, and there, there's a whole different learning curve between, oh, I totally did this at home, but then when you get on stage, it's like I forgot how everything works. <laughs> you know, totally. you you have to fuck up a little bit to then and then and then For you're sure. then you're okay. Yeah, yeah, and you sort of have to just work through the nerves. It's like, I don't know. Anytime I'm, I'm truly nervous or embarrassed, or anytime I finished a scene or finished anything where I kind of feel exposed afterwards like we have stuff coming up that's like that i was like oh i just did that in front of my crew or i just you know you know whatever it is in in the in the show and i'm like that's when you know it's good because you're supposed to be having kind of the most you know real moments in front of other people but what's interesting about like uh, comedy or acting or singing or anything is that um i think we have this idea in our heads that you know we're supposed to be doing something like something is supposed to happen. And so sometimes when you sort of, it's sort of, I guess what people refer to as the zone, but when you get into the zone, that's gone. And then afterwards, it's almost not satisfying because you go, well, I didn't do anything. And then people go, but yeah, but it was what you, what it was great. 
You go, yeah, but it didn't yeah. feel like anything. Isn't that so funny? It's like when when you when you leave when you leave an audition and you have that thrilling kind of feeling and you think you, can, you feel convinced you booked it and then you 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 know you were you were the, the true fail. Um, and then when you when you do something and you forgot what happened in the room and that's when you actually that's when you did it right. Or when you're doing or when you're I'm sure when you're doing scenes and and it's just like especially with I don't think any acting class can really prepare people for. Or maybe some can. I shouldn't say that. That's I'm sure people will give me 50 examples of how I'm wrong. But um, who's been burned by the internet, guys? <laughs> <laughs> who's that? Who's like a dog who just shuts his eyes every time he opens his mouth? Like, please don't smack me. That's at Nerdist at Twitter. <laughs> Fucking shut up. <laughs> um, but uh, but it's uh, um, uh, what was I saying? Oh, the, you know, acting class can kind of the acting class. You. Yeah, yeah, can't prepare you for. You're on a set. It's like two o'clock in the morning. They've you've been waiting for four hours, and then they set up the cameras, and it's like, okay, you got to go right now. And then you you know you might get a couple chances at it, and then you got to move on. It's so true, and that's the funniest thing about acting is that we're all amazing actors when there's no camera on us, and <laughs> and that's kind of what the consolation we give ourselves within within the cost of this is like. You know what? If I do it right, for, and, if, and if I do a great job, and I'm doing it for my classmates, and that's amazing, because the the biggest challenge is is being real when you have a camera right there. Or, and, and sometimes the best shots are when the camera's really, you know, it, the best shots within the show. You get to see into the viewpoint of the character, and it, the camera has to be right there up by your eye, and that's when it's most challenging to forget that you're in this environment. But like. I just loved um, Javier Bardem and Beautiful because you knew that he was, he had this camera in his face the entire time and you, he was completely, it was invisible to him the whole time and that's what really I think makes a good actor is somebody that can, they can just forget that anything else in there is there and just be there. But you can be doing your job and then they can go, oh, cut, sorry, you know, and you're like, fuck, I just... Oh. Yeah, I was just getting there. Or if there's a hair in the gate, and 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 that's one of the most challenging things, is you've gone through this scene and you know you got it, and then um, and then you know there's a technical difficulty, or there's a you know that's why with this with film especially, it's um, it's interesting you're picking up at different times in the story all the time and trying to just sort of track where your character is at, and then and then hoping that none of the other variables are, are working against you, be it you know. Something gets something gets lost, or there's something that's not within the continuity that that doesn't work. So they have to choose the scenes based on this, that, or the other. Or, um, but you just hope that um, if you're if you're just a little bit better every day, then then that's I guess the the success of it. That's the goal. So yeah. get a little bit better every day, and then and then beyond that, it's not even in your control. Like I I feel bad sometimes when. People, you know, if someone gets written off as like, oh, that person was a bad actor. And like, yeah, but how do you know that was the best take? Maybe the director or the editor just used a shitty take because the lighting was better. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. There is just like, and it's so interesting because sometimes it'll be, I don't know. I mean, that's why that's why everybody's working so hard to keep your eye lines consistent and your, I mean, your hair has to be tucked the same way. You move your head and you have one thing that's out of place and it completely takes people out of the story because yeah. they can see that this is happening. And, and sometimes it's left by the wayside because you just can't sacrifice a performance. And, um, but, you know, you have the whole, the whole fabric, the whole tapestry um, um, and the greater good to keep in mind. So, yeah, you just as an actor, as, as everybody, you're always bringing your, your, your best game to every single take. And, and that's been, for me, you know, I, I really miss doing theater, but, but doing television is, is such a way to crystallize your own approach and your own talent because you just, like, 
you know, you don't have the luxury of living through that same story finished end every, start to end every night because um, I start at the end. And <laughs> <laughs> um, so you you really do get the get the 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 satisfaction of, you know, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you making fun of yourself? I am. <laughs> Why? Because I, I just, you know, started to. You started to say really meaningful and interesting (laughs) things. That's really true, though. Like it it is weird going from theater to acting on film because it is weird because you have to live in that single moment, and you're doing it so many times that it's weird. You have those sort of emotional breakthroughs three takes in, and then you have that like shit. They shot my coverage first, but (laughs) and it's the polite thing to do to shoot the the ladies first, and and um and uh, but you know oftentimes you'll get asked and, and stuff like this, but yeah. It's, 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 it's also, you get these, you know, you get, uh, you know what? It's all good. I was going to say you get script changes sometimes at the last minute and, uh, and you're, you're really figuring it out. The whole team of you are sometimes figuring it out on the fly, but, but that freshness also really works and, and not having a chance to overanalyze things can be really beneficial to the scene. And well, I think it's really kind of interesting. I think it, it's, I think television can be better for actors in the sense that, you know, if you work on something for a few seasons, like once you know where that place is that your character lives, then they can just hand you something and you can just spit it out. You know, if you're working on a movie, it's like, okay, you got a couple months. Yeah. Figure it out. Yeah. Now. And, and then, you create that character for the movie and you, yeah, and, exactly. And we know sort of each other discard already. it once it's done. By the time you've gotten it, like, all right, I am in this. And they're like, all right, camp's over. Yeah. <laughs> it is camp, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Movie camp. <laughs> do you want to do? Do you? It, it's like. It, it, do you think film might be in your future? Maybe is that what you want to do? Or you want to do more tell? You probably just want to do whatever sounds fun. Yeah, I really want to do everything. I mean, I I just want to. Um, the thing I love about film is that you get to go to 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 a completely new place, oftentimes, and and meet new people. And some of the greatest friends I've ever made have been have been on location of doing a movie. And it's just like, you know, the movie may never come out. The movie may be a pile of shit, but you have made some of the best friendships because you have this holiday romance with the crew <laughs> and everybody that you meet. So, um, uh, and it's it's just fun for me to, um, to dive into something new. Walking Dead's been a, a whole new stability, actually, um, with with how long it runs and, and, and this. But I just want to do... You do one character for a long time and you almost forget how many different types of people there are and how many different um, things you can play. And, and as I'm now coming out of the season and looking at what I'm going to do on the hiatus, I'm, I'm just really psyched to, to, to do that. And yeah. You have that really charming sort of Kate Blanchett thing, just the way that you speak. It's like it's sweet, but it's articulate. And you say bean and gay Raj. And it just it just sounds so... <laughs> It's so great. American ears love that. Oh, it's goodness. so, it's so, it's so great. I don't know. It's like, I don't know how to describe it. It's like, um, I don't know. It's, 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 it's sweet and charming, but, but, but classy. And I don't like to use the word classy because usually when you use it, it means the opposite. You're like, this is a classy joint. You're like, oh, so you mean it's the opposite of a classy it's a joint. <laughs> <laughs> Now the question is, would Chris like the Claremont more if everyone were English? (laughs) Maybe I would. (laughs) Oh, if I, listen. An 80-year-old stripper, but she's like a nice English nanny. I would watch Judi Dench (laughs) take her clothes. I would watch Judi Dench strip. I would. At a class, I would. I would. 
If she, you know, especially if she was talking. As M. As M. <laughs> <laughs> and you were James Bond. Nerdist fans, if you're going to build a soundboard, if just for me you could put <laughs> I would watch Judy Dench strip somewhere in the Chris Hardwick soundboard. Uh, there's already a soundboard. Someone will put it in there. Update that. Somewhere. Because <laughs> that's a good line. Um, here, I'll even get, make it a better sign, but... Take it off, Judy Dench. There's a tuppence in it for you. <laughs> <laughs> there. Tuppence, actually, is funny because there was... Um, when I was a kid, I, I'm, I'm much older than my siblings, and I used to babysit my siblings, and um, I always used to sing them songs, you know, when they were kind of in their cot oh, and bitch. stuff like this. And my parents came home once, and I was famous for getting the words and sounds, uh, the, the the words and songs wrong, ironically. Um, and um, and I thought that Mary Poppins was singing "Feed the Birds Tuppings of Eggs." <laughs> <laughs> and um, my parents came home from a dinner party and they were in the living room and the monitor was on downstairs and I was really going for it, you know. Obviously not lulling these babies to sleep. <laughs> and, um, but it was that and, you know, misappropriating everything to salad dressing too. It was like, those and Islands was what I called Thousand Island. <laughs> those and Islands? <laughs> <laughs> it's always when you pluck up the courage to ask it to be passed to you and you're like, could you please pass me the those and Islands? <laughs> <laughs> Those and other Islands. <laughs> so we're gonna go to the Canary Islands. We're, you hopefully you were not like 22 at the time, right? <laughs> <laughs> this was <laughs> you were you were a child, I assume. <laughs> Should not have drank. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know how. I've just never heard it said aloud. <laughs> it's not my fault. Yeah, yeah. Except I was I was so tiny. It was my Jersey accent still. So can you please pass those in Islands? So we have to move to a different country to try to fix this. That's why your parents moved. I know we told you it was for work reasons. It was we were just trying to smooth out your pronunciations of words. Salad dressings. Um, we're sort of at the end of our hour with you, which is a bummer because you're fun. But I would love I, I feel like the best way to end this podcast would be to have you singing your version of Tuffins. <laughs> <laughs> with all of the wrong lyrics, oh, if you yeah. can remember okay. it. Well, I'll do it in my in my American accent. Okay, okay, okay. Feed the birds toppings of eggs. Maybe that was how I did it when I was very small. I don't know. This is incredibly embarrassing. I've gone. <laughs> you have to do it. You yeah. have to do it. I'm too red for radio. <laughs> no, no, you're not. You're no, fine. I did it. I did it. I did it. These good. girls are too red for radio. <laughs> you won't believe how far they're willing to go. <laughs> They're red for never mind. Top. <laughs> Quiet time now. <laughs> I am a small child and I need to be lulled into a slumber by my older sister who has a song. <laughs> Why are you making? Are you? Can you want me to cut your head off? Why are you making this hand motion? Are you choking, Mom? She's not doing it. Leave the birds. <laughs> Go to bed. <laughs> How many toppings do I need to give these birds? <laughs> How many toppings do I need to give these birds? Toppings. It'd be funny if you just got up and left. Like, fuck it, I'm not <laughs> doing it. Up. Oh, oh no! Oh, no! Lauren, go in! Oh, she's gone. <laughs> I, it's like I can still feel her in the room. <laughs> she's gone, Chris. Don't her, worry. Her aura is alive. I can still hear her. I can still hear her giggle on the wind. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like pizza in a cage. 
You're going to laugh so I can get horny. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> That's not, Show not me a your quote cheese. a comic has said at Show some point. Show me your cheese. <laughs> Show me your... I got some sausage for that pizza. Shut up. <laughs> you sure do talk back a lot for a pizza. I don't know why I go into that accent all the time. It's because I grew up in the South. That's why. <laughs> did that, you? I did. Oh, I didn't know that. No, I'm Tennessean. Oh, Tennessean. <laughs> Adorable! <laughs> Stop it! Adorable! Mm. All right. Well, hopefully you'll come back on the podcast someday. I'll sing when I come back. Okay, good. You'll, you'll prepare a song. Oh, we have, we, have, we have to shoot Maggie's Greatest Hits at some point when you're yeah. back. Yeah. It'll yeah, be really yeah. fun. And uh, you are on Twitter. Uh, at, is it Lauren, at Cohen? Lauren Cohen? Okay, yeah. good. Lauren Cohen. Not it's not Lauren Cohen. I know. I'm sure you fucking get that all the time from people. I even say it half the time. So it's like Lauren Cohen. Yeah, yeah I, I think I, I think I say the Cohen so people know it's an A because there's a lot of there's a lot of the E ends and it gets confusing. So, but I don't know. All my swimming trophies when I was a kid were spelled with an E. I think it I think it it went into my brain from age four. My name is Lauren You were actually Cohen. just taking trophies from some other girl. There's some poor little Jewish girl <laughs> who didn't get her Somewhere swimming in trophies. Jersey who's just bummed and could have been a swimmer. <laughs> gave it all up. For everything. Because you took her trophies. She's just polishing her own hand. <laughs> <laughs> and Lauren Cohen actually has the award for um, <laughs> not pronouncing words correctly that was supposed to go to Lauren Cohen. The Just the Island Award for achievement. Of those and island. The, the, island, island. Island. It's the Island Achievement Award. <laughs> Goes to Lauren Cohen. And if it makes it any better, every trophy was most improved swimmer. <laughs> I'll let you take from that what you will. <laughs> Used uh, to stand outside the pool, now is in the water. There, here's a trophy. <laughs> okay, your feet got off the floor of the pool for a second. Here's another trophy. Yeah. Uh, Laura Cohen, you are endlessly delightful. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks, it's good to see you. Uh, I'm coming to the set soon, so I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Uh, enjoy your burrito, everybody. Woo, bye. Woo. Toppings. Toppings. Toppings of eggs. Hello, sir. finished podcast. How can I like this now? What's the other one? I was super califragilisticexpialidocious. You got that right, but you didn't get tuppence right? I know. <laughs> you serious? But when you're in New Jersey, you don't know what tuppence are. No. But there are super califragilistics running down the sidewalk. They love it. Hey, <laughs> look at this fucking expialidocious piece of shit over here. Huh? Even the sound of them's kind of atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of hoagie you having? <laughs> Go away, go! It's a pizza hoagie. <laughs> Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Hey listeners, it's Will Arnett. Our podcast, Smartless, has crossed a milestone that seemed unfathomable when we started nearly four years ago as we've just released our 200th episode. Join us as we welcome that dynamic duo of hilarity, Steve Martin and Martin Short. You've seen them on screen together in The Three Amigos, Father of the Bride 1 and 2, and most recently, and Only Murders in the Building. Both are comedic geniuses in their own right, but together they are always electric. And this episode of Smartless is no exception. I don't know if I've laughed more in a single episode than this one. We discuss their career arcs both separately and as a comedy team, how they met, who is more difficult to work with, and what motivates them today. Is Steve a better banjo player than Marty as a singer? Find out on this by 
centennial episode of Smartless. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Plus, you get to hear Sean cry. What a loser. 